But uh, my name's Nev anyway. It's great to meet you, dude. Nice to meet you, man. I'm Mike. Yeah, awesome, man. Uh, of course, uh, it's been, uh, what I think it's what, 11 years since uh, we saw Glory Hammer down in Australia. And the band is finally coming back in support of your latest album, Return to the Kingdom of Fife, uh, which is epic as fuck. Now, uh, this is your first time here with the band. Yeah, right? that's right. Yeah, I think I joined maybe two years after the first Australian tour. Hmm. That's right. Is it your first time in Australia completely? Uh, yeah, it will be. Yeah. That must be a trip, dude. What do you what do you expect? Are you expecting like uh Mad Max, you know, with like the tire, you know, fucking shoulder pads? I, I've got I've got some idea. My, my my best friend in London is is from Brisbane. Um and I know a load of guys from Brisbane as well. So I think Brisbane will probably be pretty Mad Max, but then the rest of it might be quite nice, I don't know. No, I don't know. No, I think you're thinking more, more the it outer suburbs of Brisbane yeah, yeah. down on the Gold Coast which is about an hour from Brisbane where I am now but when you start oh, yeah. to those areas <laughs> that's when you got to like you know really uh it's like old lorries overturned with burned up burned <laughs> up tires and stuff. yeah 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 Logan they call it but um <laughs> anyway man but uh of course uh do you find that when you, you're touring around these days talking about armor and stuff do you, people really embrace it you know, they, they show up to shows, you know, fully armoured up. Yeah, there's, there's actually one guy, um, I think it's an Australian guy, and he comes to our shows in Europe. Um, he's, he's dressed up and he brings all these, he has hundreds of these like inflatable unicorns. And, um, and we always know when he's at a show because suddenly the entire crowd will just be full of these weird little like tubes, you know, like unicorn balloons. And we, were, we, were, we hadn't seen him for ages, obviously there was the pandemic and yeah. all that. Um, and then we played a show in Finland last summer and halfway through the show, all these unicorns appeared and we were like, oh, that guy's probably here. And then someone ran into us later on. They were like, oh yeah, this, this guy from Australia is just handing them out. And I was like, yeah, I knew it, you know, like, <laughs> it must be like, it's your sign. It's your, uh, you know, you're going to have a good day when the Australian shows up with unicorns, right? <laughs> Basically. Yeah. But I've, you know, what? I've never seen Glory Hammer. This is going to be my first time seeing you guys. Yeah, well, I guess it was a long time ago. And I think some of those shows were in, in pretty, from what the other guys have told me, they were pretty small and some of the places were quite obscure as well. You know, it's not the not the regular places you do a show. I think um, this one's going to be pretty good, dude. Like the buzz about it is... That's cool. That's nice yeah. To yeah, man, it's going to be unreal, you know. But uh, of course, uh, since it has been a, a little while since we've seen the band. How's that set list shaping up, you know? Is it going to be? Oh, it'll, be it'll be completely different by now. I'd imagine the. I, I think there was just one album, when the previous tour happened. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, and and by our standards, the album now only has about two good songs on it. So, uh, we'll still play those two songs, but then the rest of it will be you know stuff that obviously has never been played before in Australia because there's three albums worth of bangers to to choose from. That's right, and and the story just it's it's so deep man like the lore and everything when you play those songs live do you try and do it in a way where it sort of tells part of the story like a recap in a way or is it sort of a little bit more of a uh, not, not really we, we, we more try we leave that for the records and we try and organize the set list and the way that we think sort of is the most exciting for the crowd really and, and for us to play as well of course and uh man this year we were talking this year you 
released Return to the Kingdom of Fife, which I believe takes things right back to the first album. Um, Tales right. the Kingdom of Fife. How does that story cycle back around to the 10 years later? Like, I know there's some cloning going on. There's a, there's a hot, like, you know, it was this whole uh, other dimension. It, it's man, it's, it's pretty mind blowing what you guys put into it. Yeah. I, pre- pretty much at the end of the third record, there's, there's a big fight between the antagonist and protagonist, mm. um, Angus and Zagafrax. And, and at the very end of the record, we left this kind of like coded message for, you know, anyone who could be bothered to figure out it was like a Morse code. Um, which basically gave like a hint towards what was going to happen on the next album. Um, so there was kind of a dead man's failsafe, I guess. When Zagafrax dies, he sends this trans-dimensional message back to the events of the first album, or just after the first album, uh, waking up this clone, which then proceeds to run amok and destroy everything. And you know, that kind of that's that's the very beginning of the new album. Um, and the rest of the record is kind of set a few decades after that, where um, Angus's son has kind of returned to Fife to exact his revenge and take back his kingdom and all this shit. You know, I love it. So good. But what's what's with the robot? With the robot prince of Octatool? Uh, Octatool. Oh, we just I don't know. We 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 kept like writing lyrics about robots, <laughs> and um. <laughs> Just, just because we thought it was funny, and and, and then when we were writing the, the final song, um, yeah. I, mean, I think Chris, Chris, maybe Chris had that chorus actually knocking around for a while, but it didn't, it wasn't attached to anything, it didn't mean anything, and um, usually when we start off writing those big long songs, they they kind of start life as like a riff dump because we've got like tons of stuff left over that for some reason or ever didn't make it into a song. We were like, right, you know, this is still cool. Um, we could save it for another album. Obviously, it'd probably make more sense. Or we could just, you know, chuck it all in this thirty-minute-long epic and see what happens. And um, and then he threw the Robot Prince chorus in, and then I wrote like a, I guess like a pre-chorus or something, and we kind of wrote some stuff around it. And then we kind of backtracked through the rest of the album and changed the lyrics about other robots a little bit, so they would kind of build up to it. So it's kind of we, we kind of like this idea of just having like basically the whole album. Is hinting at this like epic character who shows up, and you know he's like praised as this like all powerful hero, mm. and then about I think by about three minutes later he's he's dead, you know like <laughs> he's he doesn't last very long. But we, but we just want to like kind of have this like side story building through the album with like you know little hints, and then you know when people finally get that like oh my god it's happening, and then it's like no he's dead, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny. It's, it's totally useless. And of course, uh, your character, which is the uh, the the big bad, Zagrath. Uh, I can't even talk English tonight. I don't even think that is English. Zagrath. How do you say it? Zagrafrax. That's the one. Um, That's the one. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I'll get used to it. Um, <laughs> uh, evil wizard. You know, which yeah, yeah. you know in the in the lore of the band. Um, before joining though, how much research did the dudes make you do? Did you sit down with the, the over a beer and they they sort of pulled down the thing and said, "All right, this is what we're doing, and this is who you're going to be," or was, did they just give you a book and just went read all of this just to bring you up to speed? How did that sort of work? Jumping on, I, I kind of, I kind of, I kind of knew already because I think on the first ever Glory Hammer tour, um, I was the guitar tech 
Um, so I'd watch the show a little bit. Ah. Um, and I was always chatting with Chris online. He's, he's like sending me songs and stuff. So I had a vague idea. Um, and when I joined, I was like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll just do my best. And then, and then I kind of watched a few videos of the performances back. And I was like, uh, you know, it could be better, actually. So I, I started trying to actively think about developing because I'd, I'd played in, before in like, you know, black metal bands and stuff like that. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, well, it's basically the same thing, you know. So um, I just tried to bring a bit of my own history into like kind of what Chris had already established and just develop it from there, really. It's really cool, man. It's it's cool. You know, uh, you know, with the, with the special edition, you had a, a card game. Did you have That's something right. to do that with that as well? Like, uh, no, that was that was that was all Chris. I think we just decided we, we were chatting about like potential things. Some of the guys, like Sozas, our, our vocalist, um, Jim and Chris, they're, they're really into like Magic the Gathering. Yes. And, um, so they would, and and quite a lot of the fans are as well. Like whenever we've posted anything about that, like uh, you know, people go off about it um so we were just like well maybe maybe it'd be cool to design a card game in there so chris chris just sat at home and knocked it up in a week or so i think that's a man because there's a lot goes into those those card games that's like magic and stuff i don't know where you you sit with the the whole nerdy thing man i, I you can kind of tell where i'm i'm at uh <laughs> my, my thing at the moment is like dark souls and and elden ring and these, okay. these kind of possibly yeah. nerdy games you know but I'm, I'm, i've been getting really into dark souls recently yeah sick have you always been like that like what what sort of came first for you when you were growing up was it metal or was it both or was it the video games or something nerdy what what was it that sort of uh, i think i was into music first um by a little bit and then i think i had like a sega mega drive when i was a kid um or a I can't remember what they call them elsewhere. Is it Sega Saturn? Yeah. Oh, we had a Sega Mega Drive. Mega Drive. It was Mega Drive down here. Oh, Sega Ge- Genesis. Genesis. I think they call it Mega. But it's Mega Drive. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I played that a bit, and then um, yeah, I, I played a PlayStation for a while. But then I started getting into music, and I realised like I can't, I can't do both for what. Like, if I want to get good at guitar, I can't sit around playing games all day, you know, or or playing or whatever. So um, I just stopped for quite a long time and then once i'd kind of gotten my music ability to where i wanted it to be then i sort of got back into gaming as a way to kind of relax you know or, or stress myself out depending on what i'm playing <laughs> yes I know, man. man i tell you what it's uh it, it swings back around that's for sure you know i i did the same thing i just got deep into music and then later in life at, at my collection was like oh, a couple of things and then just grew into the nerd kingdom you know like that cool, man. It's, like a, it's cool man man cave you got going on there yeah i love it man hey it reminds me of the good times and then yeah, uh, yeah. and 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 all the money i no longer have but talking about action figures and stuff have you guys spoken about maybe going down that road and expanding into other media like movies and action figures and stuff like that yeah we we, we did we did a figure release uh a while ago actually maybe for the last album um and we always get offers we, we get like emails every day from people saying like oh we want to write a comic book we want to write a <laughs> series for you know netflix or whatever and, and we always kind of we, we try and do our research because we, we don't want to sign up for something if it's not going to like match the standards yeah, that we have for, yeah that's it and you know so, so occasionally we'll look at something like okay you know let's do this but like oh, i don't know it's, it's it's hard to it kind of feels like the kind of people who randomly send an email to a band account saying, I want to write a comic book for you. 
maybe aren't the right people to be doing that, you know. So it's tough. Yeah, I, I kind of see what you're saying there, but I mean, it depends on. I guess it depends on the company. You want you want some of the reputable ones like Necker and stuff coming with the. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's another one that showed up recently, called, but they're doing a whole Gwar series, and it's man, I just want to give them all my money. It's like you. You, you get all the characters and then you build it your own odorous. I mean, we, we also have, there's a couple of fans who like just make their own sort of comic strips of the band for fun. Um, and they're, they're so good. It's kind of like, how are we going to top this and try and sell it when someone else is already doing it so well for free? You know, like, you could always even pay. Give them a call. Unless we just hired them. That's, hey, man, I'm sure that they'd love to be involved, you know? If anyone knows the lore of the band, it's probably those guys. Yeah, probably not more than we do. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. Man, fandom gets pretty scary like that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. But uh, you know, you've done some so many amazing tours and things like that. Uh, played Varkin and and thousands and thousands of people. Has there been one moment that has been the most significant for you? Uh. I think recently we went to the USA with um, with Ailstorm in May this year, mm. and and we we've we've been there twice before, but it was always you know it was always like more like a holiday than a tour really you, you know you're going back from play, like in Germany we're playing like three thousand cap venues to you know playing in like a bar to like two hundred people or whatever and you, you know it's kind of like okay this is never going to be like a profitable thing but we're going to keep doing it because it's a lot of fun you know like. American yeah, yeah. crowds fun and tra- traveling around America is fun, but then this time we went um, we went over there, and suddenly the shows you know became like European shows. But you know, I mean, people are even more crazy in the USA, and it was just like shit. We can actually do this as like a viable, you know, we can travel to like a completely different continent and and travel around for like a month, and people are going to come to the shows and have a have a good time, you know. And I think for me that was like this kind of I don't know. But yeah, it was quite a big moment, I think, you know. And, and there's been times like that before, obviously, when you're younger and you realise you can go to Europe and you don't have to play like a pub in the UK anymore and stuff like that. But I think it has a bit more significance when you're in your kind of mid-30s, you know, and you're like, oh, wow, like these cool things are still happening, you know. Especially when you, I don't know, every musician has those moments where it's like, oh, I'm just going to be playing the same fucking bar for the rest of my life. And then when you get those moments, you're right, man. It's, it is significant. Like my, my band, we went down and played uh, Frankie's Pizza, if you've ever heard of that, down here just before they closed. That was like a dream of mine to play that place, and it was everything that I'd hoped it to be. Just getting, you know, get on a plane with the boys, go down, have some beers, have some laughs, and and then you go, oh, man, it gives you that to go keep going, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that sometimes. I play a venue where it's like, oh, actually, I've always wanted to come here. You know, like you've yeah. heard, I've watched like an old show that one of my bands, like favorite bands, did there, and I'm like, oh, I want to go there. And then you go there, and it's like, oh, this is cool. You know, yeah. there's plenty more. There's plenty more. And uh, hey, you you actually toured with one of my favorite bands, Necrogoblicon. How was oh, it? Yeah, yeah. How was it hitting the road with those guys? And Goblin. Oh, they're funny. They're funny as hell, man. I've known uh, Eric the drummer for quite a long time. But, um, they're just super funny guys, you know. It's just like being on being on tour of a rolling comedy show, you know. Nicky's a good dude. I've yeah, had he's him nice on the guy. show before. I, I don't I don't know if he's traveling with him at the moment, but um I think so. I think they've got the the goblins doing some vocals now, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or John. 
Man, that that would have been wild. That would have been so good. We've got to get them down here somehow as well. Sure hey, be, I, think, hey. I think they just did a headline UK tour, so I think they're broadening their uh, horizons a little bit. Man, you'd you tour more with those dudes, wouldn't you? I'd love to. Yeah. yeah. That'd be amazing. One day. One day I'll see it. One day I'll see it. But, uh, of course, uh, you know, apart from uh, touring down here, what's the future looking like for you, man? What, what do you got planned for 2024 and, and beyond? We've got this big European tour coming up with uh, Beast in Black, uh, like co-headline tour in um, in January, which is going to be amazing. Um, that's super cool guy. Yeah. Super cool guy. Well, we, we toured with them a while back, um, and, and everyone gets along super well. So that's going to be a blast, I think. Um, and we have Brothers of Metal, the Swedish band, as, as the opening. Uh, we toured with them last year, and they're like, there's like, 15 of them like you know all these 15 9 or 10 vikings really they're all awesome they're all awesome yeah, it's, it's like slipknot but with vikings but <laughs> they're like uh they're super cool you know so it's, i think everyone on the tour is gonna get along and it should just be a lot of fun oh man it's gonna be unreal but uh in the meantime man we're gonna see you down here in australia and we'll have all the links down here in the show notes and on the website uh brother thanks for hanging out on the show and uh i'll catch you for a beer in brisbane of course man see you there Thanks, man. Take care, care, bro. Bye.